It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. It's another day and another question mark that we're going to have to go over. We have another conversation about how we look at these Las Vegas Raiders. I said that right. I really have to because they're brought to you by Pepsi just like we are. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or just overbearing sports parents. Less than 1% of 1% of 1% of people ever play professional football. Football season is going to be different with Pepsi and they're going to get you through game day no matter how you watch. This week against the Raiders, we'll see if you get to watch or not. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Now, we will get to the big conversation about this rivalry that has all of a sudden, I think, new legs. But we have some information eh, that's kind of hanging in the air. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and your host at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. And we have a ton to talk about today in just a short period because we did a crossover episode with Q from Locked On Raiders. And I just want to throw this out there so you know that was recorded before all of this news about the Raiders hit on Wednesday. So... Uh, we did not know at, the, at that point in time that Cleveland Farrell had tested positive, and we did not know that all these other players are t- are now on the COVID list as well. And what a list. So let's go ahead and jump in and talk about this list that we were just referring to. Jonathan Abram, Malik Collins, Jonathan Hankins, David Irving, Isaiah Johnson, Arden Key, and Kendall Vickers have all been placed on the reserve COVID list for the Las Vegas Raiders. Oof. Man, I, and when this first came out, I, I said to myself, this has to be a coach or a trainer. And I put that on Twitter and and then to find out that it's an actual player who you would hope would have been confined to just the D line room, but it spreads throughout a defense when you're in huddles. Yeah. And so now we're sitting here thinking the Raiders are now missing six starters and four backups on the reserve COVID list. uh, And they play the chiefs on Sunday night. I do think that most of those players will be able to play. Uh, Cleveland Farrell is the only one I think that is probably likely to miss this game because I think he is the only one that actually tested positive. The rest of them are just close contacts. If that's truly the case, then they'll all be able to play, but they won't have any of practice this week. Yeah, and that's uh, that's definitely puts them at a disadvantage, but they have been on kind of a roll lately. We saw them emphasize the run last week. We've seen them go deep a number of times over the weeks past, so you have to cross your fingers 
and hope that the offense can then kind of pick up where maybe this defense isn't going to be able to practice together. Well, the bigger problem for the defense is that they weren't very good to begin with. So (laughs) that's where they're going to struggle the most is they have all these players that are going to be filling in or that could be filling in on a defense that was already going to be struggling against Kansas City to begin with. And Kansas City is coming off a bye, and they have their own issues when it comes to COVID and injuries. We still don't know whether or not Fisher Schwartz or Martinez Rankin will be available for Sunday. Uh, It's possible they all could be. We just don't know right now. Alex Okafor was designated to return today. Uh, so he has entered the three-week window. So we'll see if he's available to play this week. I think that's the corresponding move with Taco Charlton going on IR. Eventually, Charlton, I believe, went through surgery on Wednesday, so it's expected he'll end up on IR, uh, but they haven't made that move yet. Uh, Then you also have McCole Harmon on the COVID reserve list. I think that he's not going to play this week because I'm pretty sure he'd actually tested positive for COVID, Uh, and if that's truly the case, he will not be available. Sammy Watkins did practice in full on Wednesday, but really the bigger thing that is a bigger concern for me, Mike Rimmers was limited. Yeah. Uh, Cause right now with the, everybody else out, you need Mike Rimmers because otherwise it's looking pretty thin out there. Yasser Durant, I'm staring at you. Uh, could be Brian Witzman too. True. True. We don't know where, where he is, you know, fitness wise or anything else. Yeah. So lots of questions. Uh, and we haven't even got into the fun part of what we should be talking about right now with the Chiefs adding a former first-round corner in DeAndre Baker to their practice squad. Can I say that I'm frustrated? Because I, I can I can go back and forth on the positives and the negatives. I was, I was not really for it to begin with, but they just haven't made the announcement, and I want to know whether we should put the time into this or not. Well, I think at this point it's going to be one of those things that's been reported by enough people it's going to happen. And with COVID, they don't have to make announcements. And especially since he's going to the practice squad, they don't have to make a huge announcement. Yeah. So to me, I think it's smart. And honestly, you know, I'm sure there's other teams that are offering him a roster spot immediately. Oh, yeah. He wants to come to Kansas City. So I don't know if that's because of McCole Hardman or it's all the Patrick Mahomes effect, but he wants to be here. Well, as I understand it, they're generally pals. And uh, you got to remember, McCole was only a wide receiver the last two years at Georgia. So he was a DB before that. There, there's some crossover there, and there's certainly a personal relationship. Um, I had him as a second-round pick. He had a lot of issues pre-draft about um, questions on devotion and work ethic and those kind of things. So uh, between that and the legalities, I didn't think the Chiefs were actually going to go after it. But he's got undeniable talent if you feel that you can get him back on the rails and get him towards his developing potential. There's a lot of upside there. Yeah, low, very low risk, very high reward type signing. Uh, I like it for that reason. Uh, you know, the other guy that was on the injury report is Rashad Fenton. Uh, Bo P. Keys did not practice, neither did Tucker Charlton, but we already know about that. But when we get back, we do need to hop on to this recording with Q for Locked On Raiders and get some more of the inside scoop. This football season would be different, and Pepsi's ready to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I'll be watching at home on the satellite like every year, but it is definitely a strange season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com and check out the latest football watching content for Pepsi. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. 
What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And welcome back to another crossover edition of Locked On Chiefs. And with us this week, we have Q from Locked On Raiders. How's it going, Q? It is good, man. Excited. Raiders Chiefs week. It's always fun. This is round two, so let's do it. This is round two. How are you feeling about this week? Feeling good, man. I'm feeling really good. I know that Andy Andy Reid and the Chiefs have a impeccable record coming out of uh, out of the bye, eighteen and three overall. Um, and so early in the season, I did not think that the Raiders had a chance in this game, and not a chance. It's probably not the right way to word it, but. I didn't feel good about this game. I felt much better about the game in week five. But uh, with the, Ra- the way the Raiders are playing, I-, I feel pretty good about this game. So I think it's going to be very competitive. We'll see a good one Sunday night. Well, and the Raiders are coming off a couple of games against the rest of the AFC West, and now they're getting ready to go up against the Chiefs. What have you seen from the Raiders since they played the Kansas City the last time? Um, I see that they're – I think their run game is play- is a lot better, and their defense is getting better. It's not – good it's not great it's not you know dominant by any means uh would never try to bs you like that but they're playing better they look like they're playing a little freer they look like they're just starting to understand what they're supposed to be doing and really i think that a lot of chiefs fans will understand what i mean by you know a defense that is not great is not going to be great by any means but you can see it getting better as the season goes along because i kind of go back to a couple seasons ago when the Chiefs defense was just terrible and and really the offense was what's carrying everything and it was a great offense. But, you know, everyone was saying and what I was hearing was like, hey, if the Chiefs could just find a defense that can just, you know, stop them a couple times, keep them out of the end zone a couple times, then there's a there's a chance that they could run the table and win every game. Well, you know, a couple of years later, they're they're winning the Super Bowl. And so I feel like that they're the Raiders defense is on that trajectory where they're just playing a little bit better, making teams settle for field goals every once in a while. Uh, by no means they're the 85 Bears, but they're they're starting to improve. Yeah, and you look at what Kansas City needed a couple years ago, and I kind of see where you're going with what you're saying about your team now. Uh, the Raiders do need somebody that can just stop somebody on defense, and that's what Kansas City desperately needed several years ago. Uh, they couldn't stop anybody in the playoff game against the Colts. Uh, that ended up costing them the game. Uh, and then a couple of years later, Andrew Luck uh, gets an improbable win against him when, again when they can't stop the the offense. So, you know, that's a big question. And, and you look at this Raiders team, looks like they could be short two players going into this game. Yeah, it really does. And, and you know, who knows? It could end up, uh, you know, snowballing into more than two players. Uh, but Cleve Farrell, defensive tackle, defensive end, he kind of uh, switches in, inside and out. Uh, he's going to be, looks like he's going to be lost for the game. Um, you know, and there's no there's no word on if any one of these guys, uh, Cleve Farrell or Lamarcus Joyner, who's the safety, if they've tested positive or not. But uh, Cleve Farrell put out a statement on uh, on Instagram, and then it was retweeted out uh, on Tuesday, saying, "I'm doing okay. Thanks to everybody that reached out. I'll be back better than ever. Uh, this blank hurts, but we got bigger goals than one game. Love you, Raider Nation." So 
I don't, I mean, I'm not the genius. I'm not the smart guy in the room, but I'll tell you, it doesn't sound like he's playing on Sunday. So that's at least one guy. That's the defensive line. And you know how it is, man. I mean, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, they all roll together. So uh, we're still waiting on is, you know, the contact tracing. Is there any guys that are high risk? Are there any guys that, that weren't high risk? Uh, you know, there, there could be multiple players out for this game on Sunday for the Raiders. And they've had to deal with that before when Jonathan Abram missed the game because a bunch of the offensive linemen were dealing with, uh, you know, the, the contact tracing and he was, he was ruled as a high risk guy. And so he missed the game on Sunday against the, the Buccaneers and it showed in a major way with him out. So hopefully, you know, this is an isolated incident and it's only Cleve Furrow and LaMarcus Joyner, but, uh, 2020 is not an isolated incident for anybody. And so we all know it's going to, it's going to be tough to see how it shakes out. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with that. And I think one of the bigger things is, you know, you look at this game and honestly, to me, I think one thing that really surprised me, I won't say shocked, but really surprised me about the Raiders, the Chiefs, last time they played, the Raiders got a lot more pressure on Kansas City than I expected them to do. Uh, That, I think, is going to be a key to this game. Losing Farrell could be a very big loss in that regard, uh, being able to get pressure. But what are you seeing from the defense? What do you think that they – did because before that game against the Chiefs, they really hadn't shown much when it got to getting after the quarterback. Yeah, no, it was horrendous. I mean, they didn't have any kind of pass rush whatsoever. And look, it's still struggling. It's it's not very good at all. Uh, Max Crosby leads the team in sacks, and I believe he has seven now on the season, six or seven. But either way you look at it, it's not very good. It's not the nothing to write home about. Uh, but at the same time, they, they you could see them getting more pressure. You mentioned the first time they played the Chiefs. Arden Key was a guy who basically kind of spied Patrick Mahomes and just wherever he went, he made sure that he kind of covered him. I'm expecting to see a little bit more of that. Um, David Irving, a guy that Chiefs fans knows very well. Uh, you know, he was a member of the Chiefs at one point, uh, was on the practice squad for a minute before he ended up going to the Cowboys. But, uh, David Irving is, is in the, in the middle now. Uh, he played his first game last week against Denver and showed a little something. He, he, he looks like he's, he's, uh, he's going to bring some heat to the table. So maybe he can help. Malik Collins was brought in during free agency. Maybe he can bring, help out. Uh, there's a nice rotation that they have going, but it's nobody that's just a dominating dude. You know, they don't have a, a Chris Jones in the middle that's just going to be a dominator that's going to get home all the time and you've got to uh, account for him at all times. So uh, it's getting better. I think that Paul Gunther's doing some good things. Uh, Jonathan Abram, he's, he's been bringing him a lot on the safety blitz and he's been playing him a lot near the line of scrimmage like, uh, like the Seahawks and the Jets played uh, Jamal Adams. You know, he, he's really kind of, I look at him like the Raiders. Uh, lightweight version of Jamal Adams because he's a great player. So I don't want to say that Jonathan Abrams there yet, but uh, he, he plays similar to, to Adams. And so I think that's been a big key as well, uh, bringing that extra rusher and there's no, there's nobody to block him. Yeah. And I think what you're seeing right now, and I think this is the thing that's really going to key for me, at least on this game is the Raiders have to get home when they're just rushing for, uh, they absolutely have to get home because you cannot uh, rush five or six against Mahomes. He's usually going to find, where the rusher is coming from and he's going to hit that place with the ball. So that's something you have to be able to do. If the Raiders can do that, that really changes this game for them. What have you seen from Derek Carr? How much has he changed uh, this season compared to where he was last year? Uh, He's improved a lot. You know, year 300, John Gruden, he's playing with total control of this offense. He understands the offense. Uh, anytime you see him line up, uh, he always is like, okay, we good, we good, we good. You hear that quite a bit from Derek Carr. So he recognizes what the defense, uh, what alignment they're in, and he's not getting confused as easy as he used to. I think he's taken some major strides. Uh, he's a reason why the Raiders are, are in, in the middle of their three-game win streak right now. Uh, he, he's just been a, a real good uh, piece to the pie. You know, I think he really quieted a lot of people when they're like, oh, he, he's going to be out of there. John Gruden's going to replace him with Marcus Mariota. All those conversations are over. 
he's not, you know, throwing Patrick Mahomes night numbers or anything. He's not getting crazy like that, even though he had a good game against the Chiefs in week five. But uh, he, he's doing what he needs to do. And he's not putting the ball in harm's way. 16 touchdowns, two interceptions on the season. Uh, just just really control of the game, asking him or doing what John Gruden's asking him to do. And uh, the run game has been really, really special, especially the last three weeks. So I expect to see a uh, very balanced offense on Sunday. And, and Derek Carr is going to pick his, his, his moments when he can. But uh, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of the run as well. Now, when you look at this game going into the last game, Ruggs was questionable. Uh, you had some weapons that you weren't really sure were going to be back because they had been injured. Now you're sitting in a position where they're a little bit healthier. Uh, what do you feel about this offense and how they've come along over the past couple of weeks? I think they just continue to grow, you know, and I, again, I, I go back to the offensive line and the run game. I think that that's really uh, allowed them to, to be who they want to be. They're able to run the rock basically whenever they want to, even with the banged up offensive line and backups in, you know, and backups to the backups are in. Uh, they just had a real good opportunity to get Josh Jacobs running downhill. Devontae Booker, he's been a very good compliment, nice one-two punch. And so with those two guys, they've been able to keep drives alive. They've been able to put the Raiders in good position where they're playing with a short field and everything and, uh, you know, and, and ahead of the sticks all the time. So, uh, that's really been one of the biggest keys, but Hunter Renfro's coming along, uh, in his second year out of Clemson. Darren Waller's still, you know, the consistent, consistent guy. Uh, obviously Derek Carr is going to look to him a lot. Nelson Aguilar, man, he's been a big surprise for me this whole season that he's caught so many touchdown passes and, and he's been a deep threat for, uh, Derek Carr. A lot of people thought Henry Ruggs was going to be that deep threat and, They've tried to get him involved, but it's just not clicking yet between him and Derek Carr, even though I know he had a touchdown pass or a catch that uh, week five game. But uh, he really hasn't done much. That was his only touchdown catch of the season so far. I mean, he just he hasn't really been um, the guy that everyone thought he was going to be early on. I think he's still trying to grow into being an NFL wide receiver. But uh, between those guys, man, the uh, Waller, Renfro, uh, you got Aguilar and, and then, you know, you're sprinkling in rugs here and there. Uh, that's that's a nice wide receiving core, and then obviously the offense the offensive line is doing some good things, keeping Derek Carr upright and allowing Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker to run the ball. This offense, man, I, I feel like could compete with anybody. It's always going to be up to the defense to be able to get off the field, cause a couple three and outs, and you know maybe turn the ball over once in a while. That's creative, you know. Just do 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 something out of the ordinary and give the uh, offense a chance. Do what you want them to do and get the ball back for you and get you a good field. I understand that completely. I have to ask the question just because it's been talked about. Uh, you know, John Gruden and the Raiders took a victory lap around Kansas City uh, in the la- after the last game. What can you tell us about that? I know John's trying to kind of turn the page on that, but uh, how, how do you think that went over? I mean, it, it sounds like that it's a big deal. I, I personally didn't think it was a big deal. I thought it is what it is. You know, uh, Tom Brady, I use this as an example. Tom Brady, when the, the Buccaneers beat the Raiders in Allegiant Stadium, you know, he, he walked around the field on Instagram, you know, video and then talking about getting another victory, taking it back to Tampa Bay. I mean, look, hey, if you don't want him to do that, then, you know, you should have won the game. And, and that's not towards the Chiefs. I'm saying that's towards uh, Tom Brady. But uh, I didn't think it was a big deal, but I heard Andy Reid mention it a couple of times. John Gruden was asked about it. He kind of downplayed it, like you said, trying to turn the page. I mean, if that's extra fuel on the fire, uh, you know, you've been covering the Chiefs long enough. I don't think that you need extra fuel on the fire for Chiefs Raiders. I think if you can't get up for Chiefs Raiders and you're a player in one of those locker rooms, then there's something wrong with you. So I'm not really exactly. worried about as far as bulletin board material. I don't think the Chiefs uh, need that for bulletin board material. I think they want to come out there and continue to, to win games. They've only got one loss on the season. I mean, they got a lot that they're playing for that they're probably not even paying attention to. But it sounds like it's an issue. But 
whatever. I mean, it wasn't an issue to me, and, and we'll see if it turns into something on Sunday. Now, look, if they get up 20 points and they're blowing the, the Raiders out and they're still throwing the ball and they're trying to score, hey, then so be it. Maybe it goes back to the bus trip, and then you say, maybe you shouldn't have taken that victory lap around, a, you know, around the stadium. And, and if that's the case, then so be it. Raiders should stop them. Yep. No, I can't disagree with you on that at all. I, I think that this is a huge revenge game for Kansas City. I think that's part of the reason they're going to be so fired up. And Andy Reid out of a bye, as you kind of already talked about, uh, is a huge deal, 18-3. and three. When we get back, Q is going to flip the script and talk to me and ask me questions about the Chiefs. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So here we are back uh, on crossover week. We're talking Chiefs. We're talking Raiders. This is something that we do a couple times a year. Uh, love it because, again, Chiefs and Raiders, very hated rivals. Uh, love it. Uh, the Raiders took game one of, of this series, uh, week five in Kansas City and Arrowhead. And now the Chiefs are trying to return the favor. And Chris, host of Locked On, uh, on Chiefs, is, is here with me today to talk some Chiefs. And what are your thoughts, man? What are your thoughts on this game? Just their overall feeling. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs are coming off a, a, a bye, and, and that's really heavily in the favor of, of uh, Patrick Mahomes. But just what are your, the Chiefs? But what are your thoughts on the game in general uh, as you know that they're traveling to Allegiant Stadium to get this thing started? You know, I think you look at this game, and I think, you know, kind of before the break, I kind of said this, and I think this is really the way Kansas City's looking at it. They hated losing that game. Uh, you know, all the reports coming out of the locker room after that game, they were just, they were very upset. Uh, I think the focus is definitely going to be there this week. The question is going to be who's going to be available to play. Right now, Eric Fisher, um, Mitchell Schwartz, and Martinez Rankin are all on the COVID list. Uh, it's possible all five of them will be back. I've heard uh, from a couple of different places that it looks like those were just, uh, somebody that looks close to them that tested positive for COVID. So it's possible all three of them will be back. Mitchell Schwartz hasn't played for almost a month now uh, with a back injury. So uh, him being out isn't as big of a deal as Eric Fisher being out. And I'm not saying that against Mitchell Schwartz more is saying, you know, they've learned to play without Schwartz, uh, but playing without Fisher, playing without both of your starting tackles would be a huge deal. Uh, So you got to hope that they're able to get that figured out and Fisher can come back and play. Uh, And then you look at this game and what it means for Kansas City. If Kansas City loses this game, the Raiders are within one game. And they have an advantage because they've won both of the divisional games. So that's a huge deal. You you can't overlook that. Uh, I definitely think the team is going to be ready for this game. And I hope they come out and and really take care of uh, business from the start. One of the things that the Chiefs did following uh, that Week 5 loss to the Raiders was they went out and made the move and, and brought in Le'Veon Bell. Uh, already have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a really good rookie running back out of LSU. Uh, what does that one-two punch uh, mean to the Chiefs and that Andy Reid offense? You know, right now, I don't think it means a lot. And I say that because Bell hasn't been used as near as much as I thought he was going to be used. Uh, I do think that it's something that they will continue to kind of work in. And maybe this is the week that they start bringing more of it out. I, I do think that what you're looking at is it's really hard to acclimate somebody to an offense. Uh, you can give them a, a bunch of plays, but you can't really necessarily get them in uh, and in, integrate it into your offense like you want to. Uh, I think what you saw the first week that Bell played, there was a specific example, and I can't remember the team it was against, uh, where Bell was going out for a pass in the flat, and he was going to a place where they were vacating from a blitz, 
and Bell didn't see the blitz coming and he didn't get his head turned around. So Patrick Mahomes had to take a sack. That same type of play happened a couple of weeks later and Bill got, or Bell got his head around and I believe it was a completion. It's those small things that people don't really give that much thought to that are huge when it comes to game planning and getting things right with your players. So uh, getting Bell on the same page as the rest of the team is huge. And while I'm on player personnel, and I know this won't be a factor for this week's game, but uh, DeAndre Baker, he was cleared of all charges for his robbery in Florida or the alleged robbery in Florida. So he's he's free now to get uh, on signed by an NFL team. And I see the Chiefs are bringing him in for a visit. Uh, he was a former first round draft pick as a defensive back out of Georgia. Uh, what are your thoughts on DeAndre Baker? And, and if they are able to bring him in, uh, how would he fit in with this uh, this Steve Spagnola led defense? You know, it's going to be very interesting if they're able to bring in DeAndre Baker. I think that uh, him coming to Kansas City first is a huge step in the right direction. And honestly, uh, I will say this, and it may sound a little cocky, but going to the Super Bowl champs it makes a lot of sense for him to want to go there first if they have the interest. So uh, I think that could help to recruit recruit him. But at the same time, you know, he hasn't played all season, so he's going to be out of shape. He's going to have to try to get back into shape. Uh, it's going to take some time and they've got uh, their own problems at corner that they've got to get figured out. They've been playing a lot better for the most part, but the bigger question is who are you going to cut? I mean, you have a lot of young guys and obviously Baker's probably more talented than some of your other guys, but are you really going to want to move on from guys you've already gone to battle with at this point? Uh, I think that's possible. They bring them in. It's just going to be interesting to see how they make it work to start with. Yeah, no, it will. It'll be very interesting. Again, he was a former first round talent. He wasn't really doing too well with the giants, but, I mean, he was a rookie in the NFL. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to see and a lot to like from him if he is able to come into the team, maybe even put him on the practice squad. So, Well, but a change of scenery is always good for players sometimes. Well, I guess I won't say always, but a lot of times can be good for players. No, you're right. You're right. Hell, Nelson Aguilar is doing well with the Raiders in, yeah, in Vegas. Is. Well, we all saw how he left Philadelphia. So, <laughs> uh, no, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, as far as the corners go right now, you know, you asked me earlier about the the wide receivers and the the weapons for the Raiders. Uh, how are the corners holding up these days uh, in the last few games against, you know, against some pretty dynamic weapons out there? You know, I think they've held up pretty well. I think the bigger question is going to be, you know, when are you going to get them all healthy? I think you're still dealing with an injury with Shavarius Ward where, uh, you know, everybody says you can tape up a hand and you can play with it. But, yeah, that really changes your game and the way you're able to play. Uh, if you're a physical corner, you like to get up in somebody's face and you like to jam them. If you have a broken hand, that becomes a lot more problematic. Uh, and that really can throw you off your game. Obviously, you're not going to get as many interceptions, but he's never really been that type of guy anyway. Uh, so, you know, you have that issue as well. I do think that what you saw against the Raiders, and I mean not to take anything away from them at all whatsoever because they definitely came out and had their game plan ready to go against Kansas City, but you saw breakdowns in coverage. Uh, there were some deep plays that should have never happened that they just kept looking back and saying, what are you doing? And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Raiders. That's what you're supposed to do as an offense. But Kansas City can't have those types of plays, not this time in the season. So I think they're going to have all that straightened out. I'm not going to say that Kansas City can't lose this game because they can, uh, but I think that's what you what you saw a lot of the last time is probably not going to be as big of an issue. And with you know, with Breland back in and, and normally in getting back to his normal playing shape, I think that's also going to be a big benefit for Kansas City. Yeah. And, and you know, speaking about those breakdowns that they had that week five game, uh, and look, the Raiders defense has been a struggle pretty much all season. They're just starting to come around. But how much of, do you, of that do you think, uh, you know, was just the, the, the fact that there was no offseason? There was really 
very little training camp, you know, and it, everyone was still trying to get on the same page with each other. And even though it was week five, that, that had a lot that probably had a lot to do with it. Well, it probably did. But then you also take into account the fact that Breland hadn't played at all until that game. Right. Uh, I mean, that could have been, and I'm not saying, again, I'm not trying to make excuses. You guys beat us, no yeah, big yeah. deal. Uh, but, you know, Breland hadn't played until that game. And when you're not on the same page as the players around you, you it leads to breakdowns and coverages, which is what we saw in some of those plays. The Aguilar touchdown, I believe, is the one I'm thinking of most because there should have been somebody there in the back of the field. Uh, Sorensen should have been there, I, I believe, on that specific play. Uh, and he stepped up trying to fill a void in the middle of the field where – you can't do that. You have to be the deep guy. Uh, so, you know, I would hope that they would get those things straightened out and it'll get taken care of. Uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I think Kansas City's defense is getting better, uh, but at the same time, they haven't played exactly firehouse or, you know, great offenses the past couple of weeks. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And, you know, it is week 11 of the of the NFL season, and I'm sure when you looked at the schedule and, you know, of course, you know the Raiders are on there twice. You know the Broncos are on there twice. You know, you know the Chargers are on there twice, but – uh, did you think that at any point that uh, in week 11, this was going to be a game that we could toss, possibly be talking about as a potential division game and, and, and what's going to determine the division? You know, honestly, I will tell you, I did not. Uh, I didn't see it with the Raiders. I saw it with the Broncos. And the one thing I will say, uh, I have been jaded on Derek Carr because I thought he was going to take a step ahead or step forward the past couple of seasons, and he really hasn't. Uh, this season, he seems to be. So we'll see if that continues. Uh, if he continues to play well, that's one thing. Uh, there's always a question with him whether or not he's going to play well in cold weather. He's not going to have that in Kansas City this year, but I think he'll probably have a cold weather game at some point. We'll see if he can get past that. Uh, and then you look at the Broncos, which is the team that I thought was going to be the, the competition for Kansas City. I thought Drew Locke was going to take a big step forward this year. Obviously, yeah. that hasn't happened. Uh, right. They've got a ton of offensive weapons. I just thought that that was going to be a place where uh, they could really take advantage, but it just doesn't. it hasn't materialized in Denver. Uh, honestly, for the Raiders' sake, you know, if they win this game, if if Las Vegas finds a way to win this game, I'd say this divisional rivalry is back. And I don't mean that, uh, I, you know, I don't mean anything negatively towards the, the Raiders, but it's really hard to have a rivalry when you've when you've won eighteen or nineteen of the last twenty games. Oh I mean, yeah, it yeah. almost kills the rivalry. I'm not saying yeah. the team shouldn't get up for it, but at the same time, it doesn't have the same luster it had in the past. No, no, you're right. And I had a couple of uh, buddies that are Chiefs fans that hit me up. were like, man, I'm glad the rivalry's back. You know, I'm glad that there's some kind of energy into this game on Sunday night. It's going to be prime time. I mean, the whole world's going to be watching it. That's just how it is, man. No matter uh, who you're a fan of, you watch Sunday night football. That's just that's just what it is. So this is going to be an exciting moment. I obviously wish there was fans there. It would be that much more exciting. But uh, this is the, what 2020 is. There's just not uh, fans. And if there is, just like in Kansas City, it's just a, a handful. It's not even a, a whole lot. But uh, either way, man, looking at this game, you know, just uh, looking at the quarterbacks and you talked about Derek Carr, you know, improving and looking better. Uh, it's hard to say that Patrick Mahomes can get better, but I feel like he has. I feel like he continues to evolve as a quarterback in this league. He's still very young, has a lot of game uh, and a lot of ball to be played. But what have you seen from Patrick Mahomes, how he's improved and just matured in 2020? I think the biggest thing you're seeing from him is his pregame is his pre-snap reads. Uh, I do think that he still struggles at times. And I think one of the things that actually may benefit Las Vegas this week is he send, he, te- he tends to get up for games a little bit more when they're prime time and when they're against a bigger opponent. Uh, he has had that problem in the past. We'll see whether or not that plays out this week. Uh, if he starts the game hot, that's going to be a great thing for Kansas City. Uh, but you look at what he's done this season so far. 
I think the thing that scares or that should scare defensive coordinators is I think you're right. I think he's getting better. And I think the thing that he can improve on the most going forward, he's got all the physical tools in the world. But the question is, is can his brain keep up with his physical ability? And I think his brain, he's shown that he's very smart and he can read defenses very well. But if he can get those small nuances down and be able to figure out where the blitz is coming to every single snap, no matter what somebody throws at him, no matter what kind of formation, if they're doing wide nine or if they're, you know, standing up like we've seen defensives do from time to time. If he can see that pre-snap and get into the right play, then it's going to be very hard to defend him. Yeah, no, he's a he's a dog, man. He absolutely is. Uh, I saw him at uh, at Texas Tech. I say it all the time. I mean, the dude is an absolute monster. He's been a monster since he's been in the league. Obviously, MVP, Super Bowl winner, all all that good stuff. Don't have to remind anybody how stinking good he is. So, uh, and this is not meant as a dig at all either. But uh, what is the the overall feeling and the overall thoughts of just Chiefs fans as they look at the team and know how good they are, but they sit there with one loss, and it happens to be to the Raiders that well, not too many people took seriously when the season started. I think that's got to piss a lot of fans off. Uh, I, I do know that, you know, of all the teams that I figured Kansas City was going to lose to, and I, I've said this before and I'll say it again on the podcast, I did not trust John Gruden. I still don't. Uh, we'll see whether or not that ends up being a good move for, you know, Davis, uh, long term. We'll have to see. Uh, I, I still didn't agree with that move, but, you know, at this point, uh, he's got him competing and that's all you can really ask for from a coach. If you can get your team to compete on a regular basis, as long as you can hit on your draft picks on a regular basis as well, you'll have a pretty good team. Uh, Las Vegas, you know, we'll have to see whether or not they can continue to hit on the draft picks. You know, Cleveland Farrell, I think was a huge pick for them. Uh, and he hasn't materialized yet. And obviously we've already talked about him not being available. Uh, but those are the types of picks that can really set you back, especially when you trade somebody like Cleo Mack. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, Playing against the Raiders, I think Kansas City is looking at this game knowing that they have to have it, not necessarily just because uh, of where it puts them in the division, but where it puts them in the playoff race. Uh, the Steelers right now have played a pretty easy schedule for the most part, and they're not going to play anybody that's really going to be that tough and give them a possibility of multiple losses. So, you know, if you want a chance at the number one seed, you got to win every game. Right. No doubt. You're absolutely right about that. And uh, again, I said this at the beginning of the show uh, and I'll kind of wrap up the show with this is uh, I, I did not think that the Raiders were going to have a, a a real good puncher's chance in this game because, well, Andy Reid's so great coming out of the bye. And I don't know what it is about him. Maybe you know what it is, why he's so stinking good coming off the bye. John Gruden said it was just about his preparation. He's so impeccable and good at, at preparation. So maybe as simple as that. But um, I, I absolutely believe 100 percent that they could win this game. And really, I, I'll tell you the truth, Chris, I picked him. Uh, on Monday to, to win this game. I just feel like that they're cooking with grease right now. They're playing with some momentum, confidence, and swagger, and I think that that goes a long way. So I'm actually I'm picking the Raiders to win this game, and, and I didn't do that and didn't think that earlier in the season. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you saying that we both were picking against the Raiders uh, the last time they played. I understand where you're going with the Raiders, and I think that they are playing a lot better, and I think that is going to benefit them. I think the key for Andy Reid in the bye week is preparation is huge. Uh, and he gets two weeks to basically come up with different things to beat your specific scheme. And I think that's a huge deal. And the other thing with Reed, I will say this, and the reason I asked you about the whole bus incident, Reed has mentioned it a couple of times. To me, that means Reed is pissed off because he doesn't usually mention stuff like that if he's not pissed off. And if there's one person you don't want to piss off before a game that you're playing coming off a of bye week, I'd say it's Andy Reed. So I would expect him to be pulling out some stops in this game. Uh, and we will see if that ends up happening. I'm picking Kansas City this week. Uh, I think that they bounce back and they act like the team that they're supposed to be. 
Uh, but you know, honestly, it wasn't the offense really that screwed him the last time. It was the defense. So the question is, is can the defense step up and actually not have mistakes, uh, and get stops when they need them? If they can, then it's a different ball game. Yeah. I mean, I think that boils down to that for both teams. I think it's really, you know, it's about the defenses. I think the offenses could play really well, but what defense is going to, you know, break first? What defense is going to allow obviously more points than the other, but uh, that's what it boils down to for me is just, you know, can the defense create a couple turnovers or maybe not even turnovers, just a couple, you know, maybe kick field goals instead of score touchdowns. I mean, stuff like that, little things, you know, that, that can go a long way. I think that that's kind of how this game goes for both sides of the ball, both teams in this game. I absolutely agree. You get a couple stops here and there, it completely changes the, the dynamic of the ball game. And, and the one thing I will say for Kansas City's offense that I've found funny this whole season is you back them up to where it's a 90 yard drive. Usually they're scoring a touchdown. I don't get it, but. <laughs> That's their mindset. So, you know, we'll see how this game ends up. Q, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun, man. Pre- appreciate it and have a great, uh, great, great day on uh, Sunday. Hey, you do the same and, uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.